Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for the inaugural episode of the All Ball Podcast. From your host, Ruth Vikalala, and my co-host, Samir Al-Habadi. We're here to share our love of basketball and all other sports with you and hope that you'll follow us along this journey. Today, we kind of want to get into things and discuss who we are, what kind of brought us here, what brought us together, and why we're starting this podcast in the first place. Yeah, I think it's uh, just a really fun idea. Ruth and I were just hanging out, watching basketball on a random evening in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and we kind of just came up with this idea, like, you know, we both love the game so much and kind of wanted to just get together and talk. So, Samir, you're a former basketball player, correct? Mm-hmm. So what are some of your exploits here? Uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of interesting. Where I, you know, when I grew up, I don't, I don't ever knew if I would actually love basketball the way I do now. Uh, I kind of have to thank my brother for that. Um, kind of forced it on me. Um, probably hated him at some times, but I can't thank him enough for the love of the game. Um, I mean, ever since I was four years old, I, I don't think I could live without basketball anymore, you know? Um, being able to pick up that ball when I'm sad, when I'm happy, go to a gym and just bounce it up and down. And it's one of the best feelings ever. So, and, and to me, just like knowing you for a while and hearing you talk about basketball, it's really something, I know it's cliche when you, when people say like, it's something I can't live without, but it truly feels that way when it comes to you, whether you're playing it. Um, I always tell everyone, all my other friends that it's the best high school shooter west of the Mississippi that I know. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. And we, we'll have to showcase that for for our one fan so far and, <laughs> and maybe our future <laughs> and fans. And many more, many more. Many more to come um, one day. But, no, that's really cool. So I guess you kind of mentioned how it slowly became part of your life and kind of what you do, mm-hmm. your personality even. Uh, to an extent, you're wearing a WNBA hoodie right now, mm-hmm. looking good in it. Supporting the league. Um, so I guess with that being said, how can you, can you talk us through some of your like fan experiences with basketball or yeah, how that looks? Dude, I think the first day I truly became a fan of basketball. I know it's people won't believe me because I was like four or five years old, but when Robert Ory hit that shot against the Sacramento Kings and and the playoffs uh, to send us to the championship. I'm I'm from LA. I'm a Laker fan. Uh, you can boo me all you want, but I th- I thought that was probably one of the most organic fan experiences ever. I, I can't. I kid you not. We were playing tennis with like all the Indian cousins and families, and we ran back home. I remember the exact spot I was at when Robert Orr hit that three, and I think I was like the first time. I was like, wow, what an exciting game, and also just it was just like it was so blissful. Um. I, I want to throw it back to you. Um, you know, I grew up with a lot of basketball around me, playing basketball. My brother played basketball. My dad loved basketball. Uh, I thought one of the coolest things with you is, like, you have such a passion for the game. You never really even played basketball. No, and that's, really. that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, can you well, talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So I think for me, it was interesting because up until fourth or fifth grade, like, I didn't even really understand basketball, really know it, knew, know what it was all about. And for whatever reason, I think I heard a couple of people talking about it. And at this point, I was, uh, my family was living in Florida. And it was right at the peak of um, like when Dwayne Wade was becoming Dwayne Wade. And I turned on the TV one day and I saw this guy, like modern day superhero in my, uh, in my fourth grade eyes. And I was like just blown away by what I was seeing. And 
to even think that that was another human doing all that, I was shocked beyond belief. And ever since then, I just started kind of consuming the game in whatever fashion I could. I think the year after, I like played in a like in a uh, little mm-hmm. league basketball league stuff like that. Definitely a lot later than some people, but it was just something so cool and so fresh. And then when I when I moved again in fifth grade to Texas, I carried that with me and loud and proud told everyone I was a Miami Heat fan. I loved Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. all his like posters, all his crazy layups, and and uh, frankly. It's kind of shocking to some people, but I was actually a big LeBron hater at this time. Oh wow! Yeah, because I I thought LeBron was stealing Dwayne Wade's shine. Uh-huh. It was it was just it just made me angry. I was like, LeBron Dwayne Wade's doing all this and not getting any shine for it. So, um, but just all that to say is I kind of got consumed by that world, and it was just like an organic thing. Like no one really mm-hmm. introduced me to it. My parents didn't really watch it. I just kind of yeah fell in love with it. Um, and I think it's something that people say is when you when you like truly like something and you just kind of get consumed by it, you learn everything about it. There's no effort put in towards it. Everyone makes that thing of like your work should be like that. And that's kind of <laughs> how this hobby kind of formed for me. Yeah. For those of you guys don't know, uh, Ruthick knows everything about the banana boat. <laughs> Carmelo, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, you ask him anything about them. Yeah, uh, he knows it all, and that's that's a true fan. I might know a little too much. Maybe a little maybe too a much. Little too much. <laughs> maybe I should start learning about some other stuff. But uh, for whatever reason, that stuff just sticks, and it's just so interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I what I think is really interesting too is you grew up in India, a little bit for like two and a half years. It's still something, you yeah. know. And um, like basketball. I mean, nowadays it's totally different. Basketball is such an international game. But back then, I mean, I probably wasn't even a sight in India. And I think that was also cool. I, I think you brought up some cool points, though, you know. Uh, you're, I feel like we all we both have different paths to the love of the game and basketball in general. But yours is, like, so organic. It's so cool to see how someone who didn't play, doesn't have any influence of basketball in his life, just picked up the television and watched someone like Dwayne Wade, who's, you know, such a tremendous player top five shooting guard of all time and all of a sudden just fall in love i think that's really cool and i think it's well i think that's what separates basketball from other sports yeah and, um, and i think you just said something interesting too because you mentioned how basketball maybe at that point didn't have this international reach but even then my parents it's kind of funny i think they were even struck by the jordan fever and maybe early tim duncan mm-hmm. early Shaq. um because even maybe in like 2011 they'd still be like oh does this the tim duncan still or does Shaq still play at like a high level like he's they know that those same three players essentially so it's pretty cool because they're they grew up their whole lives there in india and then mm-hmm. when they moved here they just hear snippets of like jordan dominating or Shaq dominating or tim duncan dominating mm-hmm. and that permeated the uh public consciousness to such a degree that it reached this little immigrant family and they mm-hmm. still remember that like 10 years down the line and they still kind of recount those same maybe like seven games that they watch um so i think it's really it's really cool like the power that it has had over time and it'll continue to have and then just now looking at it and how international things are you know something that we always talk about is our love for representation not only in sports but in other forms mm-hmm. such as like media and hollywood things of that nature but one thing that one frontier where we still don't really feel like we've crossed is seeing that 
that one stud like brown hooper or a football player or something and just to see how cool that would be for us um because we we know we saw that in jeremy lynn we felt that to some degree Mm -hmm. but it's not the same level as if it was literally like an indian guy or a pakistani guy or something like that a desi guy yeah um so i think all that to say is to see now how international the game is and there's, um, I know in the G League, there was some guy from India who's I here, name. and he was playing with Jalen Green on yeah, Jalen yeah, Green's yeah, yeah, team, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. oh my god, this yeah. guy's, he's here. Yeah. Uh, we had like the Simbulars recently, we had... Um, Sun Munsing. Yeah, exactly. So so it, it, yeah. it's been cool to just like see that maybe one day, the, with the game becoming so contagious, Yeah. contagious is kind of a scary word nowadays, <laughs> but the game being... <laughs> Um, exciting to see yeah. like what the future holds in that and yeah. see if and when our kind of vision for that comes to fruition mm-hmm. no i dude i think it's, it's it's something you know as like a little kid i would sit there and be like damn i can shoot this basketball pretty well right and i can do it i can do it like yeah. it's gonna be me yeah and i just i it's crazy how much effort these people have to put into this art to get to such an like exponential level mm-hmm. like think about like Dwayne wade okay like look at him right he's like arguably hey, he's very athletic guy six three but six three like i know so many six three people who can't even touch the rim and uh i you know i just think it's really cool just to watch them grow as people too um i think with basketball um we get to see players grow from very young age not only on the court but off the court it's not like that in any other sport. I mean, football, like, it's a little bit different. I mean, there's some players who play many years, but usually the quarterbacks are the players playing that long. And, like, but basketball, we get to watch even, like, these role players. Like, think about this, man. How many, how many years have we been watching, like, Rajon Rondo play? It was once a stud, but now a total role player moving from team to team. I mean, so many players like that. Danny Green. I mean, look at that career. And the and the cool thing is, we care. Like when we hear Danny Green, that brings up some emotions. Or when you hear Rondo, it brings mm-hmm. up some emotions in me, um, as I'm sure it does for you. But when I hear, uh, like some random receiver, I'm like, oh, okay. Like if I hear Julian Edelman's name, great borderline Hall of Famer receiver, but I don't, I don't feel any sort of way really. Um, and it's I I think to your point, it's something unique about basketball there. There is no shield. There is, mm-hmm. there's not that aura of the NFL and the shield that everyone kind of is beholden to. People's personalities, people's identities are celebrated in the basketball context. And we truly get to see these kids growing up from the time they're like 18, 19. We, we saw LaMelo Ball yeah. do, just miss a crazy dunk that he tried yeah. to do, like a bounce dunk, and then yeah. get pulled from a game. And then we're going to see him in 15 years, maybe leading, uh, being the vet on a team. Yeah. And we kind of see that whole life course. I mean, even LeBron, man. Like, oh, he's like, my gosh. Yeah. He spent an adulthood in or a whole lifetime or I guess a whole childhood in yeah. the NBA. Um, yeah, I mean, shoot. Which is crazy to yeah. me that he, like, came in at 18. I, I remember being 18 and being just a wide-eyed kid excited to even go to college. He went to the NBA, and then now he's, what, 37? And arguably still, the most. <laughs> still being dominant. Still doing what he does great, yeah. Are also arguably the most like influential athlete of all time yeah. in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, and and I kind of feel that like in the NBA for whatever reason, I feel like 
I don't know if it's just me and my weirdness, but I feel like it kind of become like part of their families in yeah. a weird way. Because like you like literally get to like, oh like oh he gets he's getting married now. Now okay, yeah. now he's got his first kid. Now he's got his second kid. Now he's got his third kid. And they like, it just feels like a very big family. Like include and, yeah, and they I, always I, talk I, about it like inside the NBA. Uh-huh. I love Charles and Charles yeah. always says like. Yeah. The NBA is a big family. Obviously, he's not talking about my dumb ass no, sitting he's on the not couch watching, yeah. watching him talk about this. But the saying, it just even the the whole community there, mm-hmm. the fans, the interactiveness, it's just something unique to me. Yeah, I I think you brought up some really cool points there. Um, the, just the idea of family. Shout out to Vin Diesel, we love you. Um, but I think that. Uh, the NBA does. I it always has felt like that. I, I I don't know why. I can't tell you why. I it just always felt like a family from the very beginning. Like I I like I know so much about the NBA and the players. And even though like you say in the '90s or early 2000s, like they hated each other, right? They hated each other on and off the court, whatever. They the different grit, whatever these uh, you know old people say. And now that today is a little bit more friendly. It still felt like a family. I just like I, I like even the whole Kobe Shaq drama. That just feels like a family too, like two big brothers bickering, two brothers bickering their entire life, but truly deep down, they absolutely love each other, they cared for each other and and they brought the best out of each other and also the worst and I like it's just I don't know why I just know the sport do I see that maybe it's because of the smaller rosters or like the culture I, I I really don't know um and also Rithik also brought up some points about him being kind of he gets to see their sons and all that Ruthick no again. If you want to take someone to trivia about the <laughs> banana boat guys, bring it <laughs> he knows everything. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, like, I, uh, like Kobe and Shaq, in a way, I know we're not nearly as big of people they are and whatever, but me and my brother, like, it just felt like that. Like, obviously, in this case, I'm Kobe because I'm the mm-hmm. younger brother and I'm the idiot. Uh, but it's the same thing. Like, I, we, I just, I just, it just feels like every little thing, there's drama. And I love the drama. I'm here for the drama. And sometimes it is petty, but it's it's just like a family. And it's kind of cool to watch. It, and it was funny that you brought up Kobe Shaq because when I was in, like, fifth grade, I think, I was at, like, Ben Kutunkul, uh family friend's house. And I was and I, at that point, I was like, dude, Kobe and Shaq, they're, like, best friends, right? Like, they do everything together. And for whatever reason, we were talking about basketball at this place. And this is, like, when I was first getting into basketball, maybe, like, a year into my uh, basketball foray. And then... We start talking about Kobe Shaq, and I'm like, yeah, they're like best friends. And he's like, no, they're not. They hate each other. I'm like, what do you mean? And I had this argument with him for like an hour about how they love each other and they're mm-hmm. winning championships. Mm-hmm. And he like broke my innocent little heart and told me how they hated each other, told me some of the underlying things that happened. Oh, yeah. And I was Awful. like, I was shook. I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Uh-huh. But, it, but I think, it, and then another thing that I wanted to say was, it's interesting because that fandom also, um, or that family sense ex- uh, extends to the fandom, I feel like. Because when I meet another NBA fan who, like, can really geek out about the NBA, it's like, oh, like, we're already friends. Like, when I met Samir mm-hmm. and we we're just going off about, Easy. like, free agents and yeah. stuff like that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. we have so much, like, in common and yeah. so much useless knowledge in common about yeah. this sport that we love so much yeah. um, that it's just so easy. But whereas, like, it, when I meet somebody who's, like, really into football, because I love football. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like a sense of like okay we'll we'll get along but it's not the same. No, it's not. Like it's it's, it's not it's like because it, like the NBA it just feels a little bit more niche and like not mm-hmm. everyone's into it because football is more like a cocktail hour. Yeah, like everyone plays fantasy whether yeah. like you mm-hmm. know football you don't know football you kind of know football. There's like a scale, so 
it, it's just something unique about the basketball because the basketball guys they're they're just junkies and they like delve into it like mm-hmm. no other and I think that part of it's just having the 82 game regular season. It's a long series. It's a long season. It's a long off season, and it's just a giant reality show. It feels like exactly, dude. I I think one of the coolest things about the NBA, and it also quote unquote ruins the league sometimes. But NBA free agency and trading is one of the coolest things to pay attention to. Like Woj, Shams, like all these guys, when they're on Twitter and they're working their magic about all these deals happening. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, you think about it, like, oh, wow, that kind of sucks for that player. Like, they're just, it's a business for them. And, you know, I really appreciate that, the way they handle it. Um, because for me, it's, it's just like, wow. Like, I, I, I remember growing up playing video games, NBA video games. I would literally, like, waste the first three seasons on purpose. I just, like, tank my team. And just so I can get to free agency and try to make bids on like LeBron and like Paul Pierce or like all these guys. I used to just like try to outbid people. I would do that. I wouldn't even play the first season. I would simulate the whole thing. I would like, you know, trade everyone yeah. for picks and just download like a draft class and then trade those picks and then try to get all these like studs on my team and make the roster I want the way I wanted it. And I would do it like with like, like the Charlotte Bobcats. I would like try to turn around the franchise. Um, I I know it's just so fun. I don't know why. Maybe the movement. Um, I can't really tell you because like no other league I feel like does that, and it's unique. Brought up some good points there, but I you know I, I'm glad I, I I think I'm glad I was brought into the love of basketball at a young age from my brother. I really appreciate it. I it like it's not even the game sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like like knowing for me it's like I know basketball. I've played it my whole life. I'm, I mean, there's always so much more to learn, but it's not even like watching the plays, the highlights. Like, I don't watch every 82 games of the Lakers. Like, I don't watch it. You mm. don't watch every 82 games of the Heat. Like, mm. full. not anymore. Not anymore. Maybe you did. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't. You know. I. It's just like uh, even if I turn it on, and even if it's a boring game, um, there's something on. I mean, about the. It's not even. It's the. It's the former players. It's the, how they're so well connected still. You got like Reggie Miller, for instance, right? Who just is still connected. You have Charles, you got Shaq, you got all these people, man. Even like Kobe, you know, before he passed, you you always felt like Kobe was gonna come back in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Like or like you know, like they're always gonna come back and do something. I see LeBron owning a team. D Wade owns the Jazz now. Like there's mm-hmm. always some capacity, and I feel like they just it's just so interconnected. Uh, I think it's so cool. I like in the NFL. It's not really like that. I mean, former players are coaches and stuff, but like, it's not even like the studs though. Mm-hmm. Like in this case, the studs come back. Yeah, and you know they got money. Mm-hmm. They come back and they, they talk about the game because they love it so much. Yeah, yeah, and like honestly, over the years, like not nothing gives me more entertainment or just like genuine kind of like happiness than watching old YouTube videos of I think inside the board. Or whatever. Oh yeah, I remember that. Where, where Ernie, yeah, where they all got to sit together. Ernie, yeah. Charles, yeah. Chris Webber's on there. Yeah. Reggie Miller, and then Mason, yeah. like Gary Payton. But all the legends that come come through, and they're all doing different things with their life. But they all can take an hour, reminisce about the good old days. They'll share things about like what's a, what's akin to what's going on nowadays, yeah. and it's just so fascinating to me. Um, hear them break down the game of basketball and the game of basketball that they knew, and then kind of 
explore it, um, the differences in this new modern age. Um, so I, I think it's just so cool because like, I think, and you look at Bill Russell, he's, he's like, like oh, yeah. 85, 95 years old still and he's lost. still every single year doing his finals MVP, the Bill Russell yeah. finals MVP, handing that out, um, showing up to finals games, still looking the same the past like decade, yeah. which is awesome. And, and, and then the reverence that people have growing up for those type of guys nowadays, it's, it's so cool because these guys grew up on like tiktok and stuff but they still know who bill russell is they know oh, absolutely. Who, who, who needs that respect yeah um and, it, and it's very cool i like that a lot no i yeah dude i, I think it's so it's so awesome i like also like i know sports means a lot to a lot of these athletes it gets them out of dark places and that's where i think the love of sports is really cool um in any sport you know whether it's swimming basketball baseball football whatever um but for some reason in basketball, you can really feel it. Like, it's just like this tangible feeling, like, on the screen, like, wow. Like, you know, like, Bill Russell cares about basketball probably because basketball saved him and made him into, like, what what we would never have seen. Or, like, you know, like, I mean, there's so many. I mean, even, like, let's say, and then watching, like, the family, like, family, going back to the family aspect, Delonte West, right, great basketball player unfortunate circumstances and look at that did you see the community even like mark you know mark cuban Mm -hmm. a billionaire owner Mm -hmm. went out of his way to take care of him because he was a former player and tried to get him back on his feet i don't really see that in football or any other the major sport and i you know i don't i love football too i sit here and watch a lot of football but to me it feels way more like a business even though the nba is like it, it is a business and people are moving like you know they're cutting contracts whatever they need to do but the end of the day like you get traded you get traded that sucks but like that's still your family back in like wherever you got come from Luke DeMar DeRozan's another classic recent example Mm -hmm. the Toronto Raptors love that man Mm -hmm. he loves Toronto but Mm -hmm. it just had to happen because Mm -hmm. you know they have to do something it's they had to be competitive and that's what they need to do I mean there's so many examples of that um yeah, and and then the the player the arcs that players go through and throughout their careers just it, it just to me feels so gripping and like I said earlier it just feels like I'm for whatever reason a little bit of part of their journey I'm really invested in their journey and seeing where they end up um, whether they get ridiculed by fans or celebrated by fans that matters for me I don't know why it does it just matters mm-hmm. for me. If I think someone's being unfairly criticized, I, it's like something in me is like, I want to stand up for them, uh, which, which I don't feel as much with other sports. Maybe I'm just not as invested in those. And, but I love football. Like, that's my second love, I would say. Yeah. But I, so maybe, maybe, but maybe other people have this, lens, uh, this sense of connection to those sports. But I just feel like from the people I've met throughout my, like, 26 years, I feel yeah. like it's just basketball that kind of reigns supreme in that category. Do you think it's because we are minorities? And in a way, I think basketball has been, I guess, better in the representation. I mean, Jeremy Lin's a huge example of that. Do you think that's the reason why? Or do you think it's basketball is just more an accessible sport for, I mean, again, going back to maybe soci- low socioeconomic status or minorities in general compared to football? I think potentially, like, being a minority, I'm sure there's plenty more minorities in basketball than there are in some other sports. But I think at the same time, there's just something about basketball and the NBA in general how and how it celebrates individuality 
um, and offers a platform for people to express their individuality that I don't think other sports do to mm-hmm. that degree. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think it holds a greater cultural footprint and people can either like certain players a lot or hate certain players a lot. There's just a lot more polar- polarity to it. Whereas, like, when I watch, like, let's say Russell Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really care one way or hey, another. Well, that's my quarterback. Well, I know. I know that's your quarterback. But, like, I, I think yeah. he's a great player. He's awesome to watch. And Stuck. I've seen him do some crazy things, pull out some crazy games mm-hmm. and amazing deep balls. But, like, I, doesn't, he doesn't move me one way or another. Mm-hmm. But even someone um, who's not at the same stature in their own sport but who's an excellent player, like Tyler Hero, like, I care about that guy so much. Leave it to like, Ruth to bring in his yeah. Miami Heat fan. Like, here. what Tyler Hero's doing, <laughs> what Tyler Hero's doing off the court, on the court, how yeah. he's looking, like, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his drip looking like. It's, it's just all so cool to me. Um, and so, however, the, the NBA was able to do that, it's, it's like they were able to create this culture for themselves, which is awesome. And I think, like, the forefathers for that in the NBA, like you have the great Allen Iverson. Yeah, who, I was about to say. I mean, who it's a good who changed culture and sports in general, and obviously the greatest ripple effects were yeah. felt in the basketball world where um, he made his name. Dude, I don't think he. I you know, I would take it one step further. I think Allen Iverson changed culture. Yeah. In the U.S. Yeah. In general, I think Allen Iverson. Yeah. Changed entire culture. things we do today. Things we dress, yeah. Allen Iverson. I mean, we we were out there spanking spike ball today, and Samir's got a shooting sleeve on today. So, Love you, AI. So that's all. That's all. Yeah, Allen Iverson's I mean, ripple effects. He's got man, he's got brown kids playing spike ball and shooting. Sleeve. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Uh, but I, like, I dude, there's so I don't I don't even think like people well, people don't even know basketball. People don't even know who Allen Iverson is. Like our roommate Kyle, do you think Kyle knows who Alan Iverson? Maybe he does. Kyle knows, uh, yeah. Iverson, <laughs> but, Kyle knows who Kyle is. But Iverson. you know, even if he does or doesn't, I think there's so many things that we do today: rap song, culture, mm-hmm. whatever, TikToks, everything. That Alan Iverson, he was one of the first, like, just like, I don't care what you think. I'm going to do myself, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do what I want. And I promise, like, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I may offend a lot of you on the way. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, some of these things, what he did was good. I mean, Alan Iverson did a lot of bad things too, but I'm going to do whatever the heck I want. And I'm going to show you why I can, because I'm the best player on the court, you know, and the shooting sleeve thing is so cool to me. The history of that's awesome. Look yeah. at it. I mean, dude, you, you got people in McDonald's wearing shooting sleeves while they're working now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And just the power of like, like his the power of his attitude and his mindset is insane. Like we talk mm-hmm. about Kobe's work ethic, and I think in another episode we'll definitely delve into that and mm-hmm. kind of how motivating that is in several different realms and mm-hmm. um, several different career paths. But I think Allen Iverson's individuality and his commitment to not only being himself but just being excellent in whatever he does and being bashful to an extent too because the amount of bravado you need to have to say i'm a six foot like 155 pound point guard and i'm about to go against 90s basketball yeah where there's there's guys just ripping people's heads off and we're coming right right after the jordan rules era Mm -hmm. and physicality is at its peak or right there at its peak and you're you're going up against trees who are seven foot tall you're going up against Shaq, fearless and dropping 30 on them 
yards. Yeah, it's ridiculous. With, with the, an attitude too. It's ridiculous. not. It's not a polite thirty. No. It's not a. I'm dropping thirty and then no. just, just go. Uh, just minding my own business. It's not a, like a Barry Sanders. How yeah. Barry Sanders used to just oh, be like, yeah, oh, yeah, shake yeah. shake the ref's hand yeah, and give yeah, him the football. Yeah. It's a. Oh, I'm dropping thirty and you know about and it. I'm gonna, and I'm It's flashy. And yeah. It's pretty and mm-hmm. and you can't do anything about it. No. You can push me down. You can do whatever, but yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna stop and you cannot stop me. It's so which, cool. Which is so cool. And so yeah. I, I think that, um, that warrants something that we got to go into greater sure. depth too. I think because he's, he's definitely one of. I agree. I think it'll be, you know, a cool episode. We can talk about mm-hmm. some of the players and their influences outside of basketball and, uh, and why their characters led them to where they were definitely uh, on the court too. I, uh, I think that's. So, so before we wrap up, I just wanted to kind of circle back and kind of what we started this episode with. We talked about our fandoms. We talked about just kind of our love for the NBA in general and, and touched a little bit on our individual fandoms of our respective teams. But before we wrap up, I just wanted to hear kind of when you think about your love of the Lakers, what are like maybe a couple moments that really stand out? I know you mentioned the Robert Ory shot, but any oh, others man. that just like you like flash Dude. back to or like moments in, in a room? So many. I mean, it's limitless. I mean, I'm not going to be bashful here. Lakers, we have a lot of success in that my entire true. life. We've had a lot of success. But, um, I mean, the early 2000s really is what stands out a lot to me. Um, Derek Fisher's point four shot. I mean, it's a classic. But it's, it's the little things, man. It's like the, the Sasha Vujicic's. It's the, yeah. it's the Vladimir Vodmanovic's. The Shannon Browns. And the Shannon Browns. And um, to be honest, I think the early 2000s stands out more to me than the POW era. Um, with the Lakers and Cobes. Um, but there's so many moments. I mean, I, I, I remember the exact TV. I was watching Kobe's 81-point game on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my old room, in my old house, my brother's friend was over. We were literally just messing around earlier, throwing up dunks in, like, the 7-5 hoop. And, mm-hmm. uh, dude, I, it's, it was just so much fun to watch dominance, but also just, like, I just, it's just it was just beautiful basketball. It wasn't even just Kobe and Shaq. It was the role players. I mean, I loved Rick Fox. Devin George was my favorite <laughs> player in the NBA for the longest time. I I will never forget Devin George had a seventy foot shot mm-hmm. at the end of a regular season game, mm-hmm. banked it in. Mm-hmm. I replayed that over and over again on my hoop in my in my in my front yard. I would just go out there and be like, ah, oh, it's Devin George. He shoots. He ah, oh, I can do like the fake crowd. You know, everyone did that when we were growing up and. I would even replay it on like my little Lego set. I was like, I'll never forget those moments. Um, and I mean, I'm obviously I'm gonna miss the Mamba for eternity. Um, and honestly, I also will never forget watching LeBron win the championship the year after Mamba's passing. Even if it was in the bubble, and all you haters want to come at me, you come at me that we don't deserve it or not. But that was awesome too. I mean, all of it's great. How about you with the Heat? Yeah, so I think for me, when I get that question or start thinking through some of the memories, a couple of things stand out for sure. Um, obviously, Game 3 in 06 when Dwayne Wade was down, at, I think it was like around 12 with like a mm-hmm. quarter left, and he was like, Tremendous. all right, I'm up down 0-2. I'm yeah. not going to be down 0-3 and get swept here. I'm just going to carry everyone, and we are going to have – at that time, in my opinion, the best finals uh, – performance ever and mm. i think a lot of people agreed with that at that time um just the sheer stats he put up i think he put up like 37 a game or 39 a game during that stretch um that those six games and 
and it all started with that pivotal fourth quarter and i'll never forget that um so that's definitely one that sticks out when he's in his like clean red um outfit and and then aside from that i just one one game that sticks out is when jamal crawford jake crossover and Dwayne wade were just meeting in a regular season game and i think Mm -hmm. Jamal Crawford had like fifty something, and Dwayne Wade had either fifty or like right Jamal near fifty. Crawford, by the way, and I, and I and I wasn't able to watch the game. Yeah. I was following it on like the NBA.com app because I was out somewhere. And I just remember like refreshing it and wanting Dwayne Wade to be like one of Dwayne uh, Jamal Crawford, and then watching the yeah. highlights after I got home. And oh my god, I can't believe I missed that. And it's just those little moments that whenever you miss, it just like sets you a little bit. Uh, remember the Malik? Yeah. Uh, be, uh, uh, Beasley getting drafted, not Malik Beasley, Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley, yeah. yeah. And, and Mike, thinking yeah. like, oh, this is guy is gonna be twenty five and twelve, and kind of sad to see like a little bit of how his culture, or his his career unfolded. Um, but then so excited at that moment when we did get him because it was mm-hmm. like, we got oh yeah, it's like Michael a resurgence of your franchise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of surviving through that year before we got uh, Michael Beasley and. Oh my god! Like I think it was like twelve yeah. wins or nine wins. It was brutal. Um, but th- those are some things that stick stick with me. And then one last memory that I'll never forget was, I think this was, this was the twenty twelve finals when I believe it was twenty twelve when the the Heat were playing the Spurs. Obviously the famous game six, down five with about like forty seconds left. I was watching the whole game actually with one of my family, like one of my neighbors' kids. Mm-hmm. He was just over. I was I was in high school. He was in like middle school, maybe or like fifth grade or something. And I was like, "Oh, you're my good luck charm. You're just kind of staying over there because <laughs> the game started being a little bit better once he was over there." And then I was like, "Oh yeah. my god, I'm gonna have to cry." We lost again. We just lost to the Mavs last year. And remember just being at the edge of my seat and then seeing that one that first three go down for LeBron and come back. Uh, Manu missed. I think it was Kawhi who missed a free throw. Yeah, I think he did. And then. LeBron ricochet the Chris Bosh famous rebound. The rest of like Ray Allen in the corner. One of the greatest, if probably the greatest. Uh, shot I think ever. the greatest shot in playoff Down history. three, yeah. tie it, and at that point you knew that series was over. Yeah, and the good guys were gonna win. <laughs> um, and and at that point, like most of my friends from high school, they were all Spurs fans. So it was yeah, definitely fine with it me, was man. a huge moment because I did, would not was not looking forward to going to school and getting roasted for however long about the Heat losing. So. I think those are some amazing memories that I'll always cherish. And then also, lastly, I can't forget, obviously, the decision and LeBron <laughs> choosing to take his towels south. That, like, nothing <laughs> pales in Chris. I, just, I still, like, sometimes go Dude, back. Dude, I was my, so bad that Dude, day. I go back to my Facebook <laughs> sometimes. I look back, and, like, all my friends were posting on my yeah. timeline. They're like, oh, my God, we cannot believe it. I can tell you where I was that day, too, man. Yeah. We were fresh in basketball practice. Yeah. I freaking, we yeah. all left practice early just to yeah. go watch that. Well, Coach ended practice. to my damn TV, yeah, that's crazy. Coach ended um, practice for that. But that's a, that's a cool uh, thing about basketball, man. Like, like some of those things you'll yeah. like, you'll always hold on to, and some some of them are super trivial, um, mm-hmm. uh, like Mike Miller making all those threes with no with making a three with no shoe on and making like five of six that game, yeah. or Shane Battier going off, just stuff like that. The small things or the big things like the decision, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it awesome. That's what makes me really motivated and excited to kind of share some of my thoughts on the sport that I love, and then just share my thoughts with you too and just mm-hmm. delve more into our passion together on the next however many episodes we get to do and so i'm i'm really excited that we finally kind of uh mustered up the courage to 
get all this equipment, kind of figure it out. And then hopefully over time, we kind of fine tune the process and get it better and better. But I thank everyone who's listening to this um, for listening to this. Our, our take at our great first episode. And hopefully you think it was as great as I think I felt doing it. So I uh, really appreciate that. Um, comment, subscribe, smash that like button if we have one. Uh, I'm on Hinge, too. Yeah, he's on Hinge, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we might even get him on Indian Matchmaking. We'll see. So we appreciate everything. And until next time, thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thank <laughs> you.